You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Gooley of ZoneCoverage.com. And with me, as always, is Tony Abbott from The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, you spent your Sunday evening watching some XFL, is that correct? Yeah, I was doing it, uh, believe it or not, I was doing it for work, uh, watching some XFL games for work, and, and a monumentous occasion happened. I saw my first good XFL game. So there actually is good quality football being played? I don't know about that, but the game was close. <laughs> okay. And, and 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 you know what? You know what? I'll, I'll give them. I'll give them this. Right? It is better football than I personally would be able to do at any position. I, I would probably concur with that. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I I mean I know I played football in high school for about a year and then realized that I'm just not big enough. Mm-hmm. Did you? So the thing about the XFL this time around is like, I think it's, I think what they're doing is they're letting the football kind of show. Whereas I think before in the first iteration of the XFL, it really just came off as like a gimmick, you know, with the nicknames and the, and the weird goofy stuff that they were trying to do now. Yeah. They're still trying things that the NFL isn't, and they're not afraid to get, uh, I don't know radical with their with their rules and, and their access that they're giving but I feel like now it's more focused on the football did you catch any of that or what's your opinion uh, uh okay so I'm watching all these games on mute right so like oh okay I, I'm not like I'm not too into like the uh the like any, any of like the chatter that goes on with the game I'm just like watching football happen uh but I will say that uh, that I kind of wish it was a little more radical I wish they did push the boundaries a little bit I know that the first iteration of the XFL kind of sucked but uh mm-hmm. I I didn't think there was anything wrong with the nickname thing the nickname thing was cool as hell Yeah I don't know I I look he hate me is like an all-time nickname it's the only one that anybody remembers because it was it was so far and away the coolest. Imagine what we'd have now with social media crowdsourcing nicknames for these people. I I suppose. I mean, uh, I still imagine think it's if we weird. did this for hockey. By the way, if we well, okay, okay, if the fans got to decide what the nicknames are on hockey jerseys, because everything would be Stalzy and Koivuzi <laughs> and. Parisi Z Halsey Halsey yeah like all that stuff throw all that in the garbage like imagine Gramlin coming out first game in the United States with a jersey that said finish baby Jesus on the nameplate that would be great what what if we had Jacques Lemaire come out and do the do the nicknames you know no Butch, no because that's all brutal like- Burns <laughs> come on Backy. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Throw all those names out. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, Nino could come out with uh, with a Knight Rider jersey. Yeah. Or or El Nino or what? I don't know. I always liked Knight Rider. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, then uh, especially, especially with the theme music. What are the best nicknames in Wild history in terms of uh, in terms of like fan given nicknames? Uh, Jared Spurgeon with Tank. That's a good Tank, one. That's a solid one. Imagine um, having a Spurgeon jersey, like a, a nickname night where they come out and Jared Spurgeon's wearing a tank jersey. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. 
did was was Danny Heatley given the All Star? Did he kind of was that like dubbed on him because of the parody account? I think that uh, I don't know. I think people bought into the parody account nickname. Okay, F an All Star. Yeah, I mean it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that uh, I think that kind of or I think that counts. I'm trying to think of other uh, good nicknames. Uh, <laughs> uh, perfect jersey name that uh, that we uh, sadly don't get to see in this non XFL version of of the NHL. But uh, uh, Parise coming out with uh, with the number ninety eight and worth every penny on his jersey. <laughs> um, I was trying to think um, one that I know would be near and dear to our friends at Giles and the goalie, but. Uh, Charlie Coyle had a uh, a big omelet sweater. Oh yeah, yeah, a big omelet would be really cool on a sweater. I would, I, I would. I know that like people like to call him Chowder, but Big Omelet is by far and away the better story and nickname. Well, uh, we, uh, I, I, ideally we would have Giles and or Ben tell the story, but do you want to just give the story like real quick, like thirty second recap on why? Oh, he's the big if omelet? I. If I remember the story right, I believe it was, oh, God, where was it? Was it? Okay, I think it was at Tom Reed's. Yeah, it was one of the bars downtown, and the, the was it the cook didn't really know Charlie Coyle's name? Yeah, I think but the only- team chef was just calling out whenever, uh, whenever like, a player got the puck. I, I think the team chef was just calling out what they liked to eat for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just was, he only knew them by what they ordered all the time, and it was always the big omelet for Charlie Coyle. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that would be sick as hell to have yeah. Charlie Coyle come out in a, in a big omelet jersey, but all right, Tony, we got a, uh, a few topics to get into. I know you wanted to talk about, speaking of big omelet, Oh yeah, Alex Ovechkin likes to eat the wild for breakfast, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering so, where you were going with that. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get right into the uh, Alex Ovechkin with uh, 700 goals and counting, especially if he's playing the Minnesota wild stay tuned. You're listening to locked on wild. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to locked on wild here on the lockdown podcast network. I am your host, Joe and Tony uh, Alex Ovechkin was in town and uh, it was a show. If you went to the game, Sunday night, it was everything that I think you wanted. Not only was the game fun, and I know the Wild ended up losing, but I think people who purchased a ticket to see one of the greatest, if not the greatest goal scorer by the time it's all said and done that this league has seen, uh, Mm -hmm. you got to see two. And the thing is, is, he does that a lot against the Minnesota Wild. Oh yeah, like uh, we're 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 actually. I mean, think about it this way, right? We're actually lucky that Alex Ovechkin was nice enough to only score two goals on us. Yeah, he uh, was. He's definitely scored a hat trick in the last couple years for sure. And uh, yeah, no, we we were just. I think we would have all thanked him if he did score a hat trick <laughs> on Sunday night. Yeah, uh, Alex Ovechkin uh, has been just an absolute monster against the Minnesota Wild, particularly like in the last like I don't know five six years or so. I don't have all the data in front of me, but uh, but it feels like every time he comes into town now, or or even you know if they play against Minnesota normally, he he's good for at least one goal and probably two. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so the Wild ended up taking, I think, one or two of their first uh, penalties. Yeah, I think it was their first penalty. And Kevin Faulness of the Wild Radio Network tweeted out, hey, uh, pay attention to that number eight in the uh, left circle. And I just tweeted out, that doesn't even sometimes matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really doesn't it because does the, that's where he was when he scored, I think, both of his goals. It is the wildest thing about Alex Ovechkin. And I know that, I know that you know, maybe maybe it is better to uh, to take your chances on uh, on what a four on two on the other side of the ice rather than stacking two players to defend him in in the slot but oh man how do you go your entire career like this is this is not like this has happened like you know five or six or even a couple dozen times right it has happened mm-hmm. like hundreds of times that he's been in that exact spot and and he's just been money from there and nobody can stop it. Everyone knows where he's going to be. He could send you a formal invitation in the mail saying, uh, meet RSVP at this spot to watch me score two goals on you. <laughs> and and he still does it every game. Every game. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, it's, it's absolutely unfair. I think the totals are uh, he's got 17 goals in 17 games played. And he's added 12 assists in there. So he's up over... Uh, not not only a goal per game, but he's got multiple points per game against the Minnesota Wild. Joe, he is a goal per game against Minnesota for his career. And I know it's only 17 games, but still a goal per game. Nobody else in the league has been victimized by Alex Ovechkin to the tune of a goal per game. I think the closest we might have is Toronto has surrendered 47 goals to Ovechkin in Can you imagine oh sorry 41 goals 41 goals in 50 games uh and still like that's still not quite a goal per game though it is it is it is it must be a horror to watch Alex Ovechkin every time against Toronto uh yeah St. Louis is also uh 18 in 20 games so they're right there on the precipice of, of meeting the wild. And actually what's funny is uh, the blues and the wild are roughly rated on the same uh, shooting percentage uh, all over 20%, just a hair over 20% um, against those teams. Ovechkin uh, has chewed up the Minnesota wild and it looks like also the, uh, the St. Louis blues as well. And think about this too. Both of those teams have good defenses. They're known for having good defenses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they have, they've been known for not just having good defenses, but strong defensive structures that, you know, throw layers of defense at, uh, at the shooter. And, um, you know, they've had Devin Dubnik at Vezina cal- caliber in years past. They've had, um, uh, some decent, uh, Goalies, well, maybe not so much Jake Allen in the Blues. But anyways, um, you know, there's been some decent goaltending talent there too. Maybe not completely upper echelon, but it just it doesn't seem to matter. He just figures out ways to score. And, and I don't know if it's because it's uh, unfamiliarity with them uh, only seeing them maybe twice a season, but it's, it is unflipping believable how good he is of a goal scorer. And uh, like I said, we went to a wild game uh, a couple years ago 
uh, and it was against the Capitals. And, um, you know, it was worth the price of admission to watch Ovechkin score. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he uh, he he definitely puts on a show, and he, he is one of the most exciting players that I've ever seen. What did you think of the game in general against the Capitals? Uh, I I only got to watch a, uh, about a period of it from work, but uh, but I know that the Kevin Fiala show was on again. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know that the Kevin Fiala show was on it, and I thought the Wild looked pretty good on the whole. I I think you just can't give. You know, you can't give Ovechkin that power play time. That's that's kind of the only way to, like, even mitigate his damage is not to take penalties against him. Right. Uh, but it was feisty. I, it's weird that two teams that rarely see each other, and I know they've got Tom Wilson, who's, and you know, he's just a heel and, and a clown that everybody loves to hate unless he's on your team. But, um, you know, it was feisty. The Wild... And the Capitals got into it a few times, and and um, Brendan Dillon took a and and Ryan Hartman got into a, a fight in the middle of the game, and it looked like Hartman actually gave him a, quite a few stiff right hands, and uh, got the better of him, even though he was giving up quite a bit of size to Brendan Dillon. Mm. Uh, there it was physical all game long. Uh, I thought the Wild, for like I said, for the most part, held their own, except for uh, the penalty kill against, like I said, one of the absolute best goal scorers. And I think that's kind of how they took it at the end of the game and after the game was where they were just kind of shrugging their shoulders like, look, they got a 700 goal scorer in his career. Like we, we put up a valiant effort. We thought we did. We played well. We just uh, had about three minutes and 38 seconds where uh, of power play time. And, and, um, and even after the power play expired, just kind of uh got away from our game, but I thought it was a fun game to watch. And I think that was pretty much the sentiment uh, across pretty much anywhere where you read about the post game recaps. It's just kind of, it was a fun, almost playoffs playoff atmosphere in the Exxon energy center. But that's the thing too, is that, you know, you can't really be affording at this point. If you're the wild trying to make the playoffs, you can't be shrugging your shoulders at this game being like, Oh, they got a 700 goal scorer. Like you need to 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 be disciplined to not take those penalties. You got to do what it takes to win. Right now, uh, where is Minnesota at in the standings? Uh, I mean, still pretty close to the playoff bubble. I think there's one point out. I, uh, Nashville lost, so that helps a lot actually. Um, but still, like you know, they can't be affording to be shrugging their shoulders at the end of games. You're absolutely correct, but uh, all right, Tony. Um, I think for our final segment of the day, we're going to get into Miko Koivu. There was uh, some some ruckus on uh, on social media um, what? <laughs> about Miko. Social media is bad, and the uh, and the fallout from uh, kind of the report of what the what the trade might have been had uh, Miko Koivu decided to waive his no move clause and. It really became kind of an S show on uh, on on Twitter and Facebook on on those pages and stuff like that. And whether you like to think that that's important or not, uh, it is people's opinions, and it's kind of uh, ridiculous if you ask us. So we'll get into that on the other side of this break. But uh, well, we just gotta pay homage one more time to Alex Ovechkin, who is just amazing. Yep, uh, salute you, and uh, and we'll be right back. All right, you're listening to Locked On Wild. Welcome back to Locked On Wild here on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Uh, Tony, there was some fallout. Oh, yeah. It was released uh, that um, there was a, a decent package, I guess, uh, for uh, for Miko Koivu. Had Koivu decided to waive his no move clause. Do you hold that against him? Well, before we get into this, uh, first, I want to say like this. We are going to be talking about Twitter, the Bluebird website, and it is and it is bad and it will break your brain. And sadly, it is our jobs to be on Twitter all the time. Never right. be away from Twitter. We have to be on this on this hell site all day. Uh, you don't have to accept to follow us. You can just follow us and, right. and, and, and the show. Yeah, and the show. And you'll and you'll be okay, but uh, I I do hate I do hate when like people's biggest problems surrounding the team revolve around their Twitter mentions. That's like one of my biggest peeves in like all of sports writing lately. Um, is just like you know what will really turn the Minnesota uh, Wild, for example, season around. Uh, if we just make my mentions a little nicer. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want to sound like that. But uh, yeah, you're you're right. Uh, there are a lot of people who are upset about the uh, the Miko Koivu trade that didn't happen. Miko Koivu decided to stay in Minnesota, deciding to uh, to waive his no move clause, and it came out that uh, potentially the return for that would have been Kiefer Bellows' first round pick in uh, in 2016. Uh, Minnesota native and and someone that Minnesota ended up passing in the draft over for Luke Cunning. Yep. Uh so I think that I think that kind of churned into a perfect storm and and, and and along with like a lot of resentment about Miko Koivu. People there have been people who just don't like Miko Koivu, haven't liked him for a decade and you're just I don't know, you're never going to win with these people. The strip the sea has been going on for years. Yeah, pretty much pretty much ever since Koivu got the captaincy there there are people who've decided that this team will be better with me or with Miko Koivu on uh, off of the team, and it will not happen a day sooner than that. And I don't buy into that at all. But uh, that sentiment is there, and it uh, it led to a lot of resentment about Miko Koivu uh, refusing to uh, wave his move clause at the deadline. Right, and mind you, this was something that was collectively bargained and negotiated in fairness yeah. between both parties. Paul Fenton certainly did not need to sign that dotted line when, uh, when Koivu re-upped, was it last year? It was last year, right? Uh, was it or last maybe, year that maybe, he re-upped? I think it was the year before. Maybe it was the year before. So maybe that was even Chuck Fletcher too, but they certainly did not need to sign that if, if that was what they weren't willing to accept. Mm-hmm. But like this was, when you're when you're signing a thirty or a player into their age 35, 36 season to a new no move clause, you know what you're getting. Absolutely. And so this was something that was collectively bargained, and it's it's it was negotiated to protect him because not only does he want to remain a Minnesota Wild player, he wants to retire a Minnesota Wild player. His family has been here for years and years and years now. It's this is he's he stated publicly he had a, a players tribune article where he says this is really his his home away from home. I mean you you hear it from uh, other people from Scandinavia like Minnesota feels exactly like home, which is a, a thing that a lot of people from here feel right. Like right, I, I'm sure a lot of people who uh, 
who live here. Not all, of course. Uh, we're we're definitely you know we're we're definitely popular with uh, with transplants from the area who have gone on to other opportunities in other cities. Uh, but there are a lot of people here who live here. Maybe they had job opportunities to to go somewhere else where they would make more money or or have a chance to advance in, in their field or whatever whatever reason you might want to move. Right. There are people who have weighed those options and said, you know what, I just I just like it here. This is my home. This is where I want to live. It's a thing that I think a lot of Minnesotans can relate to. Absolutely. So the fact that he didn't wave was not a surprise and should not have come as a surprise. No, not not at all. And, so I, you, and I think you, it's not even an issue if people don't it, like it. I guess if it doesn't get out and I understand like why, you know, people you know, stuff is going to get out. But I right. think that if if you never heard about Miko Koivu uh, potentially waiving his no-move uh, clause to go somewhere else, I think that it trade deadline would have come and gone and no one would have really thought about it. Oh, I agree. But do you think that because the return was potentially former, what, he was, what, a former 50-goal scorer in juniors? Yeah. Um, uh, Kiefer Keith, Bellows. Do you think because that name was attached to it as the return. Do you think that has carries more weight with it? I, I think that's a lot of it. And I, I got to tell you that, you know, uh, he might still become a good goal scorer in the NHL. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here today and tell you that he doesn't have it or he, he can't do it. Um, and he was a, he was a former 50 goal scorer with the, uh, U.S. development program team, right? Yeah, that was um, during his draft year. But when you look, when you look after his draft year, he spent one year at Boston University. Pretty underwhelming numbers there. That's uh, fourteen points in thirty-four games, uh, not great. And then uh, had a a really good year in junior with the Portland Winter Hawks in his. I think that would have been his age, his draft plus two year for sure. I don't know if that was age yeah, nineteen that- or age twenty. Yeah. Um, but uh, now, okay, so last year he debuts in the AHL at age 20. It's a tough learning curve. You know, AHL is a tough league. Uh, but still, like, you want a lot better from your 20-year-old, even a 20-year-old hotshot goal-scoring prospect than 12 goals and 19 points in 73 games. And he's doing better this year. He's got 18 goals in 48 games um, uh, and, and 26 points. So, uh, you know, he if he's not scoring, he's not really playmaking for uh, for uh, his teammates or anything like that. So what you've got is a kind of one-dimensional goal scorer player who, mm-hmm. by the way, I've done the math on this, produces less goals and points per game than Dmitry Sokolov. So, like, yeah. I, I just don't think this would have been a big deal. And to see people get mad about it, I, I just – it didn't sit well with me. The guy's been – a fixture of this organization for 15 years, whether you, you like him or not, and you do not have to like Miko Koivu, uh, you, you really don't. But I think whether you like him or not, I, I think you got to recognize that he has done a lot for the franchise, and he has time and time again. Uh, even when it you know didn't make a lot of sense on him, or for him on paper, right? He has elected to stay time and time and again when he could have just bolted before. And you know, I think that's something that should be recognized in 
you know, if you don't want to roll out the the red carpet and celebrate Miko Koivu coming back, that's fine. But I think that at least commands some begrudging respect. And I, <laughs> I, I just, I just, it didn't sit well with me, the reaction to this. And I'm just going to finish with this, that I am not comfortable with calling out a person's lack of passion or desire to win when you really have no freaking clue. No, I, you don't. And, 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 you know, Miko, maybe, maybe he was weighing his future and with it kind of coming out that he's going to be here. He's had a great February. I think I pulled up the stats. He's like 39th in the league for the month of February with like a 2.7 something. Uh, yeah. 2.79 points per 60. And that's coming on the fourth line. This guy does want to win. He wants to win in Minnesota and you you just can't assume that he doesn't like to win if he's not willing to part and wave his, his negotiated no move clause to go to a, you know, a quote unquote contender. He wants to be here in Minnesota. I don't fault the guy for that at all. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think some of the outrage on that part, I, I think is ridiculous and it's putting words or thoughts into his mouth when you know, he's a private guy. He doesn't he doesn't owe you an excuse for why he chose to stay. But the fact of the matter is he did choose to stay. And uh, you sh again, there's there's reasons for that. And, um, you know, this may be his last year in a Minnesota wild sweater. And I think that uh, people should uh, maybe ease up off his back a little bit. Mm hmm. All right, Tony, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at oh, hi, Tony. You can find my work on the athletic Minnesota. You can find me on Twitter at JoeBoo15, as well as all my work at ZoneCoverage.com. That's going to do it for today's show. And if you like today's show, please hit the subscribe button so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. It does help us get found by other wild fans such as yourself. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at LockedOnWild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday because we are a daily podcast. And stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day.